Welcome to Digfin Vox, the podcast brought to you by Digital Finance Media. Digfin is an online media platform covering the people and organizations using technology to transform financial services. Many traditional financial institutions view fintech as a threat, but one that's still a ways off. They see fintechs as going after customers with specific services, but they've reassured themselves that these firms, which are often one-trick ponies in terms of services, will not be able to duplicate the deep relationships that banks have with customers built across multiple business lines. Enter Paytm, an India-based e-wallet and e-commerce provider, which has just launched Paytm Deposit Bank, ultimately hoping to become the primary financial institution to a large portion of its 225 million users. Paytm has just received regulators' blessing to open Paytm Deposit Bank. People can now have a digital wallet integrated with other financial services, posing a real competitive threat to traditional financial institutions. My name is David Swifler, guest host of Digfin Vox, and today I am speaking with James DiBiazio, editor at Digital Finance Media, about the Paytm announcement and what it means for banks in India and around the region. Thanks for joining us today, James. So what is Paytm and why the move to deposits? Paytm is a digital payments company in India. It started as an e-commerce company uh, a couple of years ago. It was uh, founded by an entrepreneur named uh, Vijay Shekhar Sharma, uh, who came out of uh, engineering school, went into the internet world, and uh, and then he was, I guess, his real innovation was to take an e-commerce company and in India and and, uh, and and go down the payments route, like you know, and set up a digital wallet. And then from there, they got. $100 million of Series A funding from investors, including Alibaba. Was it always their intention? Was the e-commerce kind of a, an entree to a financial service provi- provision, in your opinion? Or was that just a, a brand extension for them? Uh, <clears throat> the the move into uh, payments was, I, I think it was strategic. Uh, you know, it was, it was a big deal. Um, and now there's other players that also have digital wallets, including some of the banks themselves. But, uh, uh, you know, now the, now what they're doing is, is getting an actual banking license, uh, a, a payments banking license, which is a little bit different from a commercial banking license, but it's still a, uh, a, a legitimate, if you like, or traditional, uh, license arrangement to allow them to take deposits and, and offer financial services in a more traditional manner. Uh, but they will do it in, in a, uh, the license allows them to do uh, in what would be considered traditional matter, but I believe that Paytm will not uh, go down the same route as banks with similar licenses in the way that they create or envisage the creation and distribution of of wealth management and other le- related products. They will do it in a way that is is designed for mass scale using technology. Now, taxonomy check. When we say e-wallet in this context, are we talking about stored value uh, for the purposes of making online purchases? Yes. So it began, like in a lot of emerging markets, this began with uh, debit cards, whether they're physical or virtual, uh, prepaid top-ups for people's phones. That, that's really the entry. That's the gateway in emerging markets uh, is, the, is the mobile phone top-up because people need their mobile phones. They 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 become 
I don't want to say addicted, but they find a use of mobile phones immediately. Those benefits are real. And so people need to continue, continually pay, you know, top up their, their payments for that. And that is from there, then many companies have stepped into uh, providing debit cards, money transfer services, and, and, and then in some cases, like what Paytm is now doing, going into actual bank or bank-like services. Sounds like there's uh, some parallels and some differences with Alibaba, but let's go back. Let's come back to that later. Um, how is uh, Paytm hoping to migrate those uh, 225 million customers uh, to to give them their deposits? The it it, it will it probably will be I, well they're they're signing up they they say they're beginning to now sign up. Uh, or they expect to be signing up literally tens of millions of people uh, a month. Uh, they want to do it by providing products that will appeal to the mass of Indian population rather than a, a traditional bank would look at the marketplace and they'll say, well, it's only the top two, maybe 3% of people that have the wealth to justify all the costs that go into selling them, say, a mutual fund or selling them an insurance product or something like that, uh, or, 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 or lend, you know, doing some sort of loan or mortgage. So, you know, all of their resources end up being focused on the top customers. Uh, and the, the bottom of the pyramid is, uh, it goes ignored. Uh, it's, just, you know, and, and the, the bottom of the pyramid just ends up, you know, it's, very simple deposit with very few services, uh, if, if they're banked at all. Uh, Paytm's vision is to have uh, 500 million customers by 2020. And to do that, they need to create products that will sell to 500 million people, which in India means you've got to be able to come up with ideas that cater to mass, uh, mass customers uh, with small amounts, small amounts of money that they're going to put in. And so that's a very different approach than what uh, a normal bank would do, partly because banks have brick and mortar and, uh, and Paytm is digital. So already they have a different kind of cost base and a very different outlook, very different mentality. Right. Um, so the bank, I mean, obviously there's a lot of ways uh, for the bank to profit from this move. Uh, it seems like the two major assets are deposits and also data, right? Yeah, data is important because uh, and 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 a big competitive advantage that Paytm would have over a traditional bank is that they have a, a window into customer behavior on the e-commerce portal, and they also have better data for capturing, uh, you know, things like bill payments and, uh, and and things like this. So they can they they can figure out much more quickly, uh, or in fact, very quickly. Uh, and much more accurately, uh, you know, their their customer behavior than banks simply don't have that capacity, at least not today. And and so therefore, they can tailor products that are designed uh, with with this type of customer in mind, and, and they can, you know, go down the road at some point to, to mass customization. Interesting. So uh, just to confirm, they they've received the blessing of regulators, although they are not uh, going to seek a full banking license. These deposits are, are insured, right? The way that they would be if you put them in a bank. Yeah. So 
the they have they're getting a payments bank license. The difference between that and a full commercial banking license is twofold. First, the size of the individual deposit cannot exceed uh, the government uh, limit on deposit insurance. So you have to you cannot have more money in there than what the government is legally uh, allowed to, to back up in case of a, of a collapse. And number two, the money cannot be then lent on. So normal banks make their money by, you know, you take my deposits, I'm your customer, and you know, I get some interest for that. And then they take my money, they aggregate it, and they lend it on to say a business, and they charge that business a higher rate of interest, the bank makes the spread. So uh, it, with a payments bank, they cannot do that. So they have to. So this means they cannot offer particularly high rates of interest. So their their competitive disadvantage is a lower rate of interest on those deposits for people. But they try to com compensate by uh, hoping that more people will will use them as a deposit hub because they will be able to offer other kinds of products, the mass population will be able to tap, which banks today cannot offer or uh, don't have the capacity or the interest in offering because it's seen as too uh, it was, uh, penny ante stuff. Right. So they uh, stand to read, uh, they're definitely servicing a much wider uh, segment of the market with those more democratized products, not just the products for affluence. Are there um, a lot of customers in that uh, market that um, have access to, uh, you know, smartphones and computers, but may not physically have access to a bank and are thus underbanked and, and uh, would benefit in that respect from this, from Paytm? Yeah, sure. I mean, many, many of them would be un underbanked. Uh, they might have a postal savings deposit or something like that. The State Bank of India and other state-owned banks, they do have government mandates, which say they have to have branches all over the country. And so some of them do have large, uh, large, large customer bases, but they don't service them very well because, uh, you know, it's a, it's a traditional banking model. The, the, the wealth, the, you know, the lion's share of investment from internally that these state banks would be doing would be still to their top-end customers, just like a, a private commercial bank. So... Uh, but yeah, I mean, India has a has a huge population of, of unbanked or extremely underserved people. Right. So, in that respect, and and in some some others, uh, there there seems to be parallels between Paytm and, and Alibaba, which is an investor in Paytm, right? Yeah, that's right. Alibaba is an investor in Paytm, and India gets talked about these days as a big battleground between Chinese and U.S. Uh, technology companies. You know, will it end up more in the, the China camp or the U.S. camp? And I don't know if Indians themselves really care, but uh, you know, this is something that people outside like to talk about. But in this case, Alibaba has taken a stake in Paytm. But the way that Paytm is, has gone from e-commerce into payments and then now is stepping from payments into uh, a broader set of financial services is just Alibaba's on the path is very different. Alibaba began as an e-commerce company and in China it became huge and lots of people were using it uh, and it became a natural step then to add the payments on top of it. Although ATM is, 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 a, is a large company in India, in the context of things, uh, e-commerce is much, much smaller in India than it is in China. And 
almost all transactions are still done with cash. They're still done, or rather, I should say, they're done offline. You know, it's people buying uh, daily goods and services in local shops. Mm-hmm. And so the way that Paytm uh, accelerated its growth was offline. They went to the merchants and they gave them the basic machinery to allow them to, you know, with QR codes and things like this, to allow them to uh, facilitate online payments for uh, and 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 sell things on sell their own goods online. So it was that that offline strategy which has allowed them to grow, and that's still very important. Right now, speaking of cash, there's a connection between Paytm and the Modi government's uh, demonetizing campaign. Is that right? Uh, there's a, I guess, a secondary connection. The, the Modi, uh, the, the, the government under Prime Minister Narendra Modi, uh, in November of 2016, announced a. It was pulling out of circulation all of the 500 rupee and 1,000 rupee banknotes. These are basically the, you know, I think, 80% of, of physical cash in India are these banknotes. And the purpose of the government, at least initially, was to curtail the shadow economy. Uh, they wanted to uh, you know, cut down on corruption uh, and the cash economy as a way for tax evasion. I mean, tax evasion was, was, a big, was a big motivator of this. And so they basically wanted to take out, uh, take out cash um, and replace it with new denominations, uh, or uh, and, and facilitate a, a move away from sort of corrupt practices and, and tax cheats. Uh, then, as this was being rolled out, and it, the process of this was was very chaotic. They didn't have enough of the new notes, though, so people ended up being had no cash and they had nothing. It was, it was a very difficult time, but yeah. they pulled it off at the end of the day, uh, and. They did so partly by changing, they shifted the goalposts. So it went from tax evasion and getting rid of underground economy to um, a, a, I guess, more utopian vision of a cashless society uh, and a more uh, electronically savvy society. Um, Well, they're also probably hesitant to carry around paper now, right? Because so many people got burned being able to turn in their old banknotes, or at least that's the way it's playing over here. Is that? Yeah. Well, whatever, whatever the, whatever the the motive that as the government, whether they were doing this because they realized they had had, uh, an opportunity or they were just trying to further justify what was at the time an unpopular move, but uh, they changed their stance and they, uh, waived tax on debit and credit card transactions up to a certain amount in order to promote digital transactions. So in the because there's this cash crunch in the wake of pulling out the cash from the system, and so the government then you know tried to facilitate cashless transactions. So if you were a Paytm or a a, uh, a MobiQuick or another of uh, you know, uh, a free charge or some of the the other uh, companies in this space. This was just mana from heaven. You know, suddenly you were getting uh, government incentives for people to use your services, right. um, and and so it just it it just fueled you know throwing fuel in the fire for the for the growth of their businesses. You know, I mean, for, you know, for a Paytm, it was just you know it was it was a great blessing, uh, and, and so it's they already had their their business. They're already doing well. They're already successful, uh, but this just 
and turned it into uh it was like rocket fuel wow my my wallet was demonetized i've been living in a completely cashless society Right yeah, yeah, I think that's a good, yeah, I think that's due to your personal circumstances. Perhaps. Yeah, because I have no cash. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the same boat. If you'd like to learn more about how Paytm is changing the landscape for banks and fintech in India, read James' full article online at www.digitalfinancemedia. That's one word. Dot com. All the articles at Digital Finance Media are free, but you have to register. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast of Digital Finance Media. I'm guest host Dave Swifler. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to give us a good rating and share it on social media so your friends can find it too. This is Digfin Fox. Thank you.